0: Yo, what's good y'all, welcome to Witchcraft Grenade y'all ready let's go we on the airwaves y'all we talking pagan topics saying what we want ain't no gatekeepers gonna stop us real witches, real talk authentic talk about pagan life and not to see aesthetic yo we're coming out the shadows every other tuesday it's the hottest pagan podcast witchcraft the name so grab yourself a drink yo and get yeah. your mind right yo and twist one up if you're about that life yo turn it up for everybody in the room this lady book dragging the cloud and dropping it's like boom Hail and welcome, witches. You're listening to Witchcraft Today, where we do no harm, but we take no shit. Now today, we're going to be sitting down with Ed Hubbard and talking about paganism in a digital age. I'm your host, Cloud, the Pagan Rapper, as here always with the mother of dogs, Lady Book Dragon. So let's get after
1: it. Welcome, 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 witches. It is Lady Book Dragon. And I have to say, I'm sorry, Homer. I don't need to know the backstory of every character in the Iliad, especially if they're going to die in the next sentence. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> bravo, bravo I love that So guys, I am Cloud the Pagan Rapper And I am Looking forward to cracking open a couple beers And having a few drinks And playing a drinking game with the presidential debate this evening <laughs> So
1: Oh, that'd be fun
0: Welcome to Witchcraft Grenade, everybody uh, So just want to touch on a couple of things From last episode here um, Want to make sure that you all Did the thing Mm -hmm. from what we talked about. And Lady Book Dragon, I understand that you did your thing, correct? I
1: did do my thing. I actually cut my Verizon bill by $70 a month. That was more than I expected.
0: Boom. So going back to this, it's something that we're going to bring up later in the episode. We are trying to get all of our listeners to do the thing. Okay, mm-hmm. well this is a short-term goal that you set for yourself to be able to be done in a couple of weeks and to make sure that you do it, put your energy behind it. All right, but today we have a special guest today. It's our first I'm guest so on the podcast. I am very excited <laughs> about this. I'm nervous. Sir Ed Hubbard, nervousness. welcome to Witchcraft Grenades, sir.
2: Well, thank you. I love the name. I love your memes too You've done a really good job with your memes
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, Lady Book Dragon's meme game is quite strong Uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: I I, I got a mean meme game
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so um, But yeah, we're were very glad to have you here Uh, It's always a pleasure to talk with you Now, I've had a couple opportunities to speak with Ed Over the last few months or so I want to say since like around when the pandemic started Mm-hmm. Um, since we're timing things with the pandemic now. So, <laughs> so, and, you know, it's always been an excellent conversation. So I'm really glad that you came on to be our first guest. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about with you is something that you are well-versed in uh, because you are one of the pioneers of the digital paganism movement that's been happening since the internet first kind of came out and everything and the direction that our craft has taken since then. And you've had a lot to do with that. So, you know, by all means, would you like to run, kind of like run this down a little bit of the history on how things got started with all of the social media and the online schools like whichschool.com for example, and a lot of the other things that you were involved in in the early ages.
2: So that's very kind of you to say. Um, it's, it's, it's been very weird seeing my, my, my name as any attached to the idea of pioneer. I've seen some people put that. I don't know if that's up. Um, it just reminds me of getting older. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I guess paganism. So one of the things I think pagans forget is that they've always been a scientific-based group. They've always taken advantage of, of the idea of certain types of sciences, alchemy, you see all the sorts of of the ideas through magical people have always been there, utilizing technology. And what is technology? The technology is the extension of the body by a tool. Period. Absolutely. And so we've always been very uh, that, and we've also done a lot of mental things. So so it is. So we were doing such things like. In the 90s, I started out, when I started out as a youngster, we basically started out, we did magazines, like physical magazines. And one of the first things I got involved is I was one of the very first people in the country uh, to discover brokered radio for pagans. Brokered radio had been around for a long, but I bought a uh, Psychic Chicago radio at night when I went to a friend of mine who came to one of my centers, Uh, my co-working space. Yes, I had co-working space for psychics in the 90s, early 90s and uh yeah absolutely they would come because back then you had the telephone and the telephone readings had not been actually established yet um which would take a lot of money to convince americans that a phone reading was as good as a personal reading they did it today it's the norm but i was right there at the beginning where the psychic fairs were where you went and got a psychic you went to their home to get in person psychics felt they had to be there in your energy mm-hmm. and um, I watched as, uh my watch says we wrote one of the first scripts to help um, people in, enter into the online careers and people entered onto the phone careers. That was the '90s, and that was the 900 low number lines. It really took off. But you got to remember, most psychics trenched into their feet. And then at that beginning, um, I opened up an office because they were taking offices at home, and we opened a co-working office in 1991 called Psychic Services. And I've come full circle with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was you know that. And then I, w- I would start forming events in '93, '94, the Paying Leadership Conference. And I watched somebody just kind of just whom I, I had difficulties with just beat my ass and having so many people show up and they'd use the internet. And I took a very serious look at it. So in 1998, we were very involved with it. We started the Daily Spell, which was a newspaper. Yep. And that's where I got into it. Then I discovered I really love creating things such as Witchschool.com an online witchcool Pagan's Tonight Radio, the first, uh, one of the first podcasts in 2009, um, I already did radio IRC before that, and we went to seven days a week. Ten years, uh, 3,600 episodes. Um, yeah, 3,600. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You, you look it up. It's it's wild.
1: So um, that is wild.
2: Right. We were that night. We we shared the voice of the pagan world by community support. Uh, Magic TV started in 2006. It was one of the first YouTube channels. And We had actually come off of one that we self created. Uh, and now today, one of the best things that, you know, we've gotten, other types of things, we've kind of lived on every platform. And the reason we have is that has been our primary way to communicate. We've always been a communicating group.
0: Yeah. Now, in regards to whichschool.com, that is something that I personally found years ago. And I found it online, and I went to go and sign up and everything, and then I got hit in the face with a big old bag of life, right? So I am actually currently taking the um, first degree Corellian Wicca course on witchschool.com. And I got to say, it's very informative. And having that kind of a platform nowadays, I think – is very beneficial To all of the seekers out there Especially in areas where paganism Isn't very prominent uh, Parts mm-hmm. of America where there Isn't a whole lot of active Covens or there's not a pagan Pride you know event Around there for people to network So Bible Belt. yeah like You know it's It's kind of rough in some parts of the country I've been around there and I've seen oh. it So having these little ha- Having these these online schools is something that I really appreciate personally. And I got to say, I'm actually finding myself quite challenged by the curriculum right now. You know, and I think that's really awesome what
2: you guys did with that. Well, thank you. Um, we started in 2001 <laughs> a week before 9/11, so nine 11, 9/9/4, 2001. And we were unique. We had to build the site and the site was, a, it was the idea of it. We started out with just uh, five mystic and six secrets in the curling first degree. Uh, the crown first degree is free to anyone who takes. we, we do that. We do charge fees for it. Small fees. I learned a long time ago, incremental subscription fees was, was the right way to keep it alive. And we've been ever alive. We are now celebrating, uh, this is our 20th, 20th year. Yep. Um, nice. yeah, this has been a lot of volunteer work and a lot of things like that, but we were the first of, of its kind and we didn't go into really big financials. Most, you know, you can take a lot of classes for free and then we have like a $20 a month. If you want to take expanded classes. That's it. But which will what was important about it. The things you talk about now in 2001 was worse, you have to understand. So I believe that technology is unique. I think there's a very metaphysical quality to the cyberspace. I think there's something metaphysical and spiritual and emotional and mental um, You know that it's part of our imagination. It's almost an incandation of our imagination and so to build a school was very important because there were so many people who couldn't take classes, who couldn't that, but you also had another problem and that was the emotional outlook of the leadership. They couldn't finish the courses. You'd get into it and life would get in the way. So you would go join a high priest or a priestess or a coven. You'd be there for a year or two learning all the methodologies. And then that person got their job changed to be nice or through a hissy fit in a drama (laughs) yep Mm. been in a
0: couple of those myself
2: yeah (laughs) but a lot of times life just got in the way and you couldn't finish that education or your child needed special education another little bit of time or your you know or your life just needs to go in a different direction and that education that you took got totally not just shut down but was treated as nothing right because in the next high go, even if you're in the same tradition even if you're in the same point well, say, no, I teach it differently, so you have to learn it my way. Right. and
0: <clears throat> Yep, absolutely. And I think I have a theory about why that, that has a lot to do right now with why our craft and our community is so splintered right mm-hmm. now into all sorts of different traditions and ideas and all of that. And a lot of that has to do with the person who's taken the year and a day course with one coven and then over time has started getting more ideas and then their high priest or high priestess would be like, no, that's not how this is. And they're like, well, no, F you, I'm going to go do it my way. And so then they write a book and then 10,000 people read that book. You know what I mean? And it just kind of grows out from there.
1: Well, it's like my theory. It's like what I've said in previous episodes with books. It's just like, you need to have different books on the same subject to be able to get a more cohesive unbiased look at the subject because no matter what a writer is going to end up putting their own bias into that book
0: right well it's the same way with teaching traditions of witchcraft and you know i've been through a couple of covens that have had similar ideas but still want you to do all of the classes all over again because it's their way so Ed, you definitely hit it on the head with that that's and so, sure. yeah. And so we automated
2: the, tra- we automated the transcript systems. We automated the tests to give the teachers more time to work with students. Um, we took away. So what we did is like everything else, automation, we took away all of the non-productive non-teaching methods and we put mentors and other people in there. Yep. In the early days we were a Facebook, we were like communicating through chat rooms and emails. Cause we were like one of the very, we were part of the very first email system called one list Oh, wow. okay. oh, yeah. Oh, Early 2000s
1: internet. Oh.
2: That's where the Daily Spell came from. We were the first of the Daily Spell. We had to own daily astrology. We owned a lot of names, and we worked them for years. Um, and so that's it. And so we came to a standard within our tradition that this was, was going to be the minimum standard for clergy because one of the things that was happening, only in the covenant of the goddess and circle sanctuary was really offering the idea of clergy or clergy protection to people. And we were, we had to go through a universal life church, which I'm very honored and respected by. It gave some of our clergy standard. And I was a paralegal at the time and go, well, none of this isn't true. You guys, and this is the thing that we place again. What we believe is true in our community may not be legally true. Right. And the legal truth of becoming a clergy member is you have to have a church of three people in the state of Illinois. And due to reciprocity laws, mean, other laws throughout the thing, as anytime you have a church recognized with three members, they can recognize each other as clergy. That's the law. Wow. Okay. Yeah, laws are
0: definitely different in New Jersey. That's for sure. Not, that's not so
2: a weird. Different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what would be recognized oh. in most of the United States? We've gone through a lot of these processes. Yeah. But we were being taught you need to have a master's degree, and we're trying to teach, everybody's trying to teach you needed a massive amount to be clergy. And the truth was, all you have to do is be registered with a church. Yep. So we set our minimum standard of where that was, and we took away a lot of the emotion, and it ended up being useful. Today, not only did it do it for the United States, but remember, we, we're a global tradition. We have met students in 180 different countries and legal churches from the results of the witch school in the United Kingdom, in the Philippines, and in South Africa. Yep. Um, these are legal churches, not just that, they were, they were able to develop legal churches, and we have temples all over the world because of it, and witch can has a button on it that can auto, auto-translate it into 100 languages.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really awesome. (laughs) I I love the website. I love everything that you guys are doing and it speaks to, see, this is the beginning of where we are now here in 2020, where now we have this pandemic, right. And Mm -hmm. all of our traditional pagan festivals and everything are being shut down. And so people are adapting and, you know, we're looking at now virtual festivals and we're looking at virtual psychic fairs and similar things, similar to the Halloween psychic fair that is coming up for, you know, for what you guys are doing for CEM broadcasting. And it's very, I I, I mean, I think it's awesome. I've been, I have been a part of a few of these like psychic fairs and virtual events and every single one of them, the first couple of them were a little weird. But then as I'm getting used to it, I've been really enjoying myself on that platform.
2: So we actually started talking right before the pandemic. Yep. About, you know, your work with uh, International Pagan Radio, IMPA. Yep. Which has given out some great awards and congratulations and that. That's going to be coming up. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, so one of the things about it, we were talking about the fact that we're gonna, I need to try to hybridize. I've been a very big advocate that the festivals were not seeing their most amount of money and that they needed to do some broadcasting. And that I could, and I told them then I could charge ticket money for their stages. And they all go, Oh no, it's so sacred. It's so special. It's so unique. They didn't want to interfere with the technology. This is always what happens. Nobody believed in the school when I started because you can't teach, you have to teach it in person. Mm -hmm. You won't get the same experience and you won't get the same experience, but you'll get an experience. Uh, Magic TV was like, nobody really wanted to be interviewed at first. You know, like, why would anyone be interviewed? Except every t- when we asked, we started, you know, taking interviews. People loved to be interviewed. Mm-hmm. And we, we took right away that we were not going to be with these projects at Corellian First. Believe it or not, we w- offered every tradition in the system um, a chance to build a school. We haven't helped out help grade school. We helped them with some of their initial code. We helped Oberon. Oberon is actually one of the people responsible for me going to the witch school because he laughed. So I brought this out in 2000. And so in 2000, I had just gotten back from the Parliament of World Religions in South Africa. And I wanted to build this idea of an interface school, the sort of idea that. And I was at Crossroads 2000. And I had just gotten introduced for the first time in the pagan world. It had already been Ed the Pagan in the media world. I got pegged with that through talk radio. Right. Um, everybody's like, wait, how'd that happen? And in Chicago, we have a thing called WLS Radio. And they turned talk radio. And I loved it. I love talk radio. I always have. And then I'd call in and go, hi, you know, I'm Ed. And I disagree with that person. This is not how, <laughs> how pagan is. This is not how wean is. And after about four or five, then they liked how I talked. I found that I talked well enough for them. Well, we have to call you something. So then they introduced me and go, well, we're talking to Ed the Pagan. And
1: here we are. <laughs> <Yep>. I mean, <laughs> straight, simple, right. to the point.
2: Yeah. You and, know what? I... Um, <laughs> And then I got my AOL account, which was only 10 letters at the time, an early AOL account. And I said, Ed the Pagan. Okay, that's 10 letters. It works. AOL. And so it became a way to identify the outside world. In 2000, Drama uh, Baker introduced me on stage and says, "Yeah, we're going to hear a message from the Parliament of World Religion. We're going to hear what happened from Ed the Pagan. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, these guys are going to tear me apart. And they did. They all kind of applauded and everything and said, okay, great. Um, but in there, I, I was sitting around with Greg Johnson and Oberon Zell and a lot of the older crew said, I'm going to build an online school. I'm working on it. I hope you guys will contribute. And Oberon Zell said, who can learn with that? That's <laughs> silly. And he belly laughed. And all these guys laughed at me, which was just the fuel I needed. A year later, I found uh, Lisa Toett, an yep. uh, engineer, a female engineer. And she was the only one who actually took me seriously, believe it or not. Most of them go, oh, that's ridiculous. But a female engineer decided to give a, a, a chance and said, okay, I agree with you. We built it. And that became really kind of changing change in my life. I, mean, I will tell you, that moment changed the entirety of my life. It changed the course of it.
0: Well, well, that's what's up. Definitely, I, I got to say, I can relate to the people telling you your stuff's ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Being, being a pagan rapper and all, uh, <laughs> I've definitely heard that more mm-hmm. than once. Um, and But I'm going to keep... Riding with it because it, you're right. It does fuel the flames to continue pushing for what it is that you're trying to do. Well,
2: yeah. so I was already in a negative talking to these, all these vessels. I, I I got rid of my apartment. I put my stuff in storage. I started to get on the road. I was going to be on the road for an entire year. Screw being living anywhere. I literally <laughs> did. And all of a sudden COVID hit. I don't and- believe people rise to the occasion. They rise to the level of their training, what they prepared for. And when everybody were starting to scream about doing festivals, we said, we can help. We went out and you know, we bought an entire Zoom package. We went out and started doing that process. And you helped out with the uh, Psychic Fair. You were one of yep. our MCs at that early Psychic Fair. Yep. And before that, we did the Corellian Illustration. And before that, um, uh, ATC had already done um, Spring Mysteries as a yep. beautiful play, gorgeous. And then we did the Corellian illustration. Then we did um, three gates. And then from then and then. So people are now seeing the value of it. But the only reason we could step up to it um, is because we were prepared. And now uh, yesterday I found out we did 461 meetings. We've done way over half a million meetings. We've done, worked with over 10,779 participants as of yesterday. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean those kind of numbers speak for themselves. You know, like what, what is happening, what you guys are doing specifically and kind of globally, it's really building our community up, even in a time when we're not getting together, you know, and and there's even more going on than just this. I mean, we also have growth on social media and, you know, TikTok for crying out loud. I mean, Witch talk is huge right Mm -hmm. now, you know, there is so Mm -hmm. much out there for us to experience virtually and kind of one of my main my main questions something that i definitely wanted to pick your brain about was something that you touched on on how you feel that there is a spiritual aspect to technology and to what we're doing within the internet and and these are ideas of technomancy and Mm -hmm. it's something that i'm very interested in in learning more about so what are like some of the ideas that
2: spawn from from there because it's Uh, definitely interesting so when people talk about technomancy they are really trying most of the time they're going very mundane and saying oh doing rituals online or doing you know spells online or you know doing their research online or their study online but really remember magic is creating an environment that changes according to your will yes okay so, right now, we're going through the biggest change we've ever seen. Um, we don't have any models to do this. There's never been a model for anything that we're doing here. Right. And you, let me go ahead and offer it. We're always thinking in a linear capacity, meaning we're A, B, C, D. We do one step, one step, one step, and we do it. But we don't live now any longer in an A, a, a B, C world. So, we took it back to training. Used to be you read, read this book, and then you read another book, and then you read another book. And and you can get through your course of study. Today, there's a witchcraft, pagan, psychic style book coming out every single day. Yep. Yeah, true. So true. We're now, and, and so I talked to somebody. So I, you know, the great Phaedra, uh, the great and, and the lovely Phaedra Bonowitz said, Oh, pagans don't have holy books, they have holy libraries. Okay. Yeah. To, so, today, an <laughs> example of where I think technomancy is. I had a kid who had 900 different pagan books and research on a tablet. I said, Oh, I can look up anything.
1: Ooh.
2: Think about it. So, yeah. all of a sudden, just they went,
1: 900 books just gives me happy chills. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> they carry them into something that's almost invisible. I mean, a timing mm-hmm. became oh. part of the process. So, we're facing an exponential time. But the real stuff that's coming is that cyberspace acts a lot like magical space. I think it is the one and the same. So you have code for spells, and if you get the code right, you get an effect. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pick it up. What you're putting down. Okay. So, you, and the code is based on your imagination. You can then activate certain buttons and certain keys and certain things to get certain effects. You can get permissions and access that allows you to do things inside that world. Now we're going to go to the next level. We're now starting to build a world that's replacing almost everything we do, disruptive and everything else. So paganism has been primarily agricultural, which means very linear, very apprentice oriented and everything else. And then Gardner and Lady Shiva brought in industrialism, not capitalism, industrialism, which means high scale production of books, magazines and armatistical items that are put up for sale in countries, primarily capitalist countries, but communists and socialists also got it through the industrialism. And today, we've really embraced industrialism. And what I mean is that we think that the book is important and everything else. And that we see, you know, these are the things that are important, those physical objects. Now they're going to go away. They're going to be dematerialized. And the space and everything we're talking about, we always talk about telepathy. What is this talking in three different locations, but a form of electronic telepathy. You can see them, you can talk to them, you can share experiences, you can hear audio and visual. So clairvoyance is nothing but the ability to see through every camera in the world. I I
0: really like how you're putting all these stuff together.
2: Mm -hmm. audience is being able to hear through any microphone. Okay. You're You're, right. right. (laughs) So, um, Telepathy, Akashic Records is the entirety of the internet. Next comes the ghosts. When people pass into the netherworld, they can be, they can exist in ghost form. Um, lady Fox, which is one of our people who have passed still has an internet presence. It's called a digital aura. You exclude this energy into the internet called a digital aura. And if I can bring it back together and some people are starting to do it, I can recreate a lot of aspects of your personality into an AI form but let's give you the real one that I think is very, very important to me. And that's cyber spirits. And I'm trying to get involved as deeply as I can. So what do you call a spirit that you summon by special words, utilizing a special device that answers you immediately and carries out your will? We call them Gregors. Yeah, right. I was going to say,
0: yeah.
1: Gollum, yeah. Gollum.
2: Yeah. Right? I call them also Siri, Alexa, Cordita, and and all of the voice (laughs) moderations, because what do they do? They fit that entire mold. And right now we're writing code right in there that's going to dictate how those spirits are going to react to us. And we're dawns our ancestors. We're the cave painters. We're making the first cave paintings in uh, France right now. And we're setting the community to those things. So right now, if we had cloud the rapper, right, you could have special words that you can build into the code right now. That a hundred years from now, if somebody knew that special code, they found the best of noir, they could go into your special places and summon you up and all your new materials from the dead.
0: So in turn, creating the website creates the code. You have your website; it's up forever, and mm-hmm. anybody can find you fifty years later and be like, "Who's this guy, cloud the pig, a rapper fifty years ago?" Right. I'll pick it up
2: when you're putting that.
1: And you basically get summoned.
2: You can get summoned. Yeah. And Siri and, and Siri and uh, Amazon and Alexa and all these guys are spirits that can bring you toothpaste. <laughs>
0: and make better. Yeah, and Amazon has the right fucking now button
2: where you can and do by eight in the morning. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and yes, the so. next
2: step is goes even harder. What When these spirits are able to pre-order for you, they know exactly when your toothpaste is going to end. They see the last, last of the milk. When everything becomes embedded intelligence, it's our world. It's animism at its highest. When when everything's embedded with intelligence, that's animism.
0: And it's such a great such a great
2: concept, man. It really is. Like I and love so it when it all gets embedded in there. We should be the ones in control because we know one thing: pagans and wiccans know one thing. Druids and heathens, we know one thing. We all agree: words are power. Yes, the words are, are literally becoming power within the code. And an Alexa voice operated world that we're heading into the code that we hide the secrets that we hide into those spirits becomes crucially important because that's the battle of the next culture who's going to control those types of things Take it one more step further than that vr experiences ai and vr we're entering into a world that there is no model but it is naturally adapted to the magical world cyberspace is pagan space psychic space is cyberspace it's all a in of matter, and people always ask me, well, "What do you mean by that?" The steam engine was the extension of muscle. Yes. The gas-combustion mm-hmm. engine was the extension of the legs. We no longer needed the horse; we had it. The jet engines, the plane engines, gave us the ability to fly. All of the industrial industries have been about amplifying our ability to the point we can build magnificent buildings through these sort of machines. Computers are nothing. Less than the same sort of machines that are going to project our minds and spirits into the world. I love that.
1: I love it that. Sounds, yeah, but, so this sounds a lot like what you and I have been saying for a while, even to our students. Cloud, where basically magic is what science hasn't discovered yet, is what is classified as magic.
0: Yes, like the the idea of moving energy, manipulating energy, and all of that is something that you know, science is beginning to prove and beginning to push out there into the world. But they're naming it different things as they're discovering it, you know? Yeah, and, it's just and, like
1: you're you're discovering stuff we knew about hundreds of years ago. I'm where have you guys about. been?
0: Yeah, now, but what they're doing is they're giving it a platform. They're giving it more of a place to exist, a place where it's testable, you know? And we didn't really have that, you know, 20, 25 years ago when I started reading up on paganism and learning stuff we didn't have that so to have come up with this like boom in technology that we've had over the last i want to say 30 years or so it's really been eye-opening for a lot of things now now ed i want to pose a question when it comes to actual magic casting and like actual spell work via the internet. Now, for example, like a tarot reading app that will draw out a layout for you. Like, at what point is it not accurate? You know, because we'll figure if it's on your phone, well, and you're working with your phone all the time, your phone becomes an extension of you. Absolutely. Right? So one would figure it would pick up on your own personal energies in, in the spirit of, you know, actually projecting, you know. So mm-hmm. in using a, an app to read, to do a tarot reading for somebody who's literally right across the way from you or somebody that's 2,000 miles away, where does that come in from oh. an
2: accuracy standpoint? So there's two different components to that. Remember, any technology that uh, any sufficiently advanced technology will look like magic, which means the opposite true. No technology is truly advanced until it appears as magic. Okay? That's my deep deep belief. Hmm? All right. Following. And so apps, so what's happening in the app is the same thing if it's done properly, is the same thing that happens when you do a tarot card, when you shuffle the deck. It becomes a randomized set of numbers, it just becomes a pool of electrons instead of a pool of cards, which are a pool of electrons in the physical world. And so then the determinator, depending on how random it is, it can be random or not random, will then put out a layout. And that basically through observation theory, quantum physics, the same thing that's happening there for you, right? The same thing that has happened is that you're observing the tarot cards and you're setting your mind to have a good reading and you're both there. Same thing happens with the app. You're sending out a message to the signal. What happens is that the receiver tends to be more pure uh, thought, more pure energy, intelligent electricity. Let's call it what the internet is, intelligent electricity. Right. And then you get the reading and then it's just the same as anything. Um, and so the reading and then if it's, then we'll give you the best readings as per a book or whatever's connected to it, right? If it's just automated, it's all about, it's about the messages that the reader does And then number of integrations, like a chess game or like Dr. Watson, of, of Jeopardy. It's just a matter of the number of associations that they can put together that are affected by the cards or be affected by your personality. Okay, um, I have an entire formula called tarot AI on WordPress. It's a 17 page or 17 chapter uh, system on how to build a tarot AI program. Wow. Yeah. And, <laughs> some money. And, because- how to, and I took go through each step of what we have to have for definitions and meanings
0: so so this it, it makes sense to me what what you just said and, and one of the things that uh, I really picked up on with mm-hmm. what you just said was the idea of the the quantum physics right with the electrons in motion and your intelligent electrons that have a set path that they're going on. you know it's very simple, kind of the same similar concept that you know I just clap my hands, but they didn't actually clap because the electrons created a field in between my hands the sound you hear is the smashing of those electrons so when you're working with some form of technology so technically typing something in would be on the same level as writing a
2: spell on paper so that would be the same as picking up a pen and scribe we we tend to we tend to put the past on a pedestal I hear people screaming all the time, oh, we should be teaching cursive. Why? When we should be teaching them how to do that better. We should be teaching them how to type, yeah. Oh, they they don't know how to spell anymore. But what we're having created, so one of the magical things, we're becoming Egyptian. We're becoming true magicians in our culture. Because we're beginning, just like the ancient Chinese became a true culture. It isn't the language that events events them. It's when they start to create symbolic hieroglyphs. We are now in the hieroglyphic age. We're now speaking in hieroglyphs. What are emoji cons but hieroglyphs? We can communicate completely in those languages. <laughs> what are memes that we love to use, but visual representations of a lot of information? Big fan of the meme. In fact, mm-hmm. that's what a meme is. A meme is a shortcut to a larger amount of information. You have to be able to understand it, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting that. I'm feeling that. Right, you have to be able to understand. So you have a, a meme with a roadrunner, you know, the roadrunner, and then you see the coyote standing in the middle of goes, I think I went too far. And you see him hanging over the cliff with the, mm-hmm. the rock. You have to understand who the roadrunner was. You'd have to understand who the coyote was. You'd have to make those symbols. Why did he running over a cliff and not falling? And then realize he might be in trouble. You have to know the cartoon. But if you know that cartoon or that essence, you get the joke. The person then says... Yeah, I overrad my
1: space.
0: Hmm?
2: Right, so you, you, know you
0: that get bad. all that information Right, from a and single picture. From a single picture that right. takes you two seconds. Day,
2: spells work that way too. I mean, we will have encoded the spells into our internet so that we can then go into our houses, which are intelligent, and then they will we'll start the spell and the ritual music will play, the lights will come on. That would be so cool. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, <laughs> about that would be so cool and the lights come on and if you didn't want to do it in your house that way you just put on your VR ER goggles and you do it that way too well,
0: yeah, I mean it's kind of like uh, Second Life you know like the ATC coven has a literal online coven on Second Life Sure. and, and it's like you know they get together and that's where they do ritual
2: absolutely and there's and, a number of other groups there's Wild Moon Sample. and there's been a number of them It's never been successful because it's never been as satisfactory. I will tell you, Zoom has done a better job for face-to-face rituals than uh, Second Life has. Well, yeah. I mean,
0: With Second Life, you're literally working with an avatar. Right. You know, so it's not... You're not getting that connection of actually looking somebody in the eye and... Right. No, it's now
2: needed and necessary for us to actually take on that avatar. Okay. And there are actually programs. I joined um, uh, with the... um, X, you know, the X prizes, they actually had one called the non project. And I got involved early on, but I wasn't, I wasn't quite there yet with my skills or more importantly, the money to build the skills, but the whole project, they're giving $8 million away to the individuals who can do it. Yeah. Was Put on a set of headsets and put on whatever you need to put on and operate a general robot 100 kilometers away to do general activities. They're now in their third round of it. I've been following it. It's kind of like okay. surgery is considered part of that. They're trying to you know, commit minor surgery. The idea is that if you can drop these sort of robots into disaster areas and then have people sitting back, just like drones, they can do things. And you know who's doing that? Nippon Travel Airlines. They believed more than five years ago that human beings were going to stop traveling as much. So everything we're seeing mm-hmm. now has been a of what we thought was going to take 10 to 15 years. COVID has now made it. Uh, Lenin, you know, Lennon doesn't get much credit, but he said there are decades that feel like, they feel like years, you know, go by. And then there are weeks that feel like decades. Yep. Not a change we bring about.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I got to say, like, with one of the things that I'm most proud of within our community is how a lot of people have adapted to the quarantines and all of that, you know, because uh, you know, and myself included, not toot my horror, but you know, but you know, we've all done pretty well for ourselves for the most part, even though that we do miss the, Handshakes and hugs and dancing Around the circle you know at our Festivals and all of that And what we're doing now is We're doing that from the comfort of our own home mm-hmm.
2: So Now the real test is going to be Maybe not next year maybe next Year we don't know where 2021 Is going to go we just yep. don't We don't know anything let's be honest we do not know anything Past November 30th. Yep. We, we, we can only have suspicions but we don't Know what's going to happen Yep. Let us presume that COVID, we go through the right things and COVID finally starts to break down. And we finally are feeling comfortable enough to come back. We're going to be scarred like this, like the depression area. We're going to find people who will never leave their house again, just as we have people who hoarded everything from the depression. Yep. We're going to see behaviors that are going to be more. But for the biggest part, we tend to forget. We see that out of the 1918 pandemic. And when we do, are we going to allow this technological movement to continue or are we going to pull back to our vessels and our smaller groups and feel that those are more comfortable?
0: See, I feel that it's going to expand further. You see, now having more platforms to work with and, you know, here I am talking to you and you're on the other side of the country from us right now, Mm -hmm. you know, and these kinds of you know, relationships of, of people, of people that build these relationships over time, you know, like I'm making friends in Washington state right now. I'm making friends all over the country, people in London, you know, and and it's like when things open up, what that does is it breeds for more opportunities. I feel for the individual to branch out more, you know,
1: I, I feel like this pan, I feel like COVID has thrown a complete proverbial wrench into everything that we have grown attached to over the years. Like you're, you're talking about the A, B, C. Well, now B is gone and we're trying to figure out how to get to C anyways. Yep. So, but it's just like, I feel like this has pushed us to evolve further than we were than outside our comfort level. But we're able to do it. And I think COVID is proving that we're able to evolve further than we thought we could. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I, I never thought that my first show as a rapper was going to be online. I always thought it was going to be at like my local Pagan Pride Project or something like that. You know, I never thought that it was going to be, you know, at a psychic fair. online you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and, and it's like it, it it boggles my imagination because you know when the pandemic first hit and everything i mean you can vouch for me here lady book dragon i was Pat. a mess I, i'm like you know i'm like you I have, mad these, i have all you are mad <laughs> booked. i'm supposed to go here and here and here and here and you know like and everything just kind of fell apart but then like i said we adapt we overcome and we work with it. And now we're now I'm doing shows online or, and I'm talking with people on the other side of the world, talking about doing shows on the other side of the world. Like it's, it's actually working out very well.
2: So I can't complain. (laughs) So I think one people don't understand. So I was mentioning earlier, we're entering an exponential world and we see everything is linear and local. The idea of a psychic fair, local. Um, festivals, local. Yep. So, though I'm telling you now, I think we're going to see the business. I think finally I'll win my battle. And, and you know, we've been doing sort of interviews, but it's been hesitant. Because ultimately, we, we feel that. So that's a linear and local. We're afraid of our locals. We're afraid of everything else. But, again, I was talking about linear steps, or you take 30 steps. Linearly, you're, you're 30 steps up there. If you're, you're climbing a mountain, you're 30 steps. But when you start taking exponential steps, which we've been doing all year, which means you go from one, then the next thing you do is two, and then four, 30 steps then equal over a billion. Yep. And that's how it actually works. So this year we saw this phenomenon because I was talking about TikTok almost a year and a half ago. I remember people getting mad at me about, I was screaming about, what do you think (laughs) about baby witches? You need to understand what's happening. And the largest... Which community, probably in the existence of the world, though it's very light and very thin, and it's very much in the TikTok world, but the largest number of influencers, I mean, we're talking about people with half a million to a million people following them as witches. They are now exponential. They didn't grow yep. by getting one follower, then another follower, another follower. Witch school did not grow <laughs> by getting one yep. follower, then another mm-hmm. follower. We were able to take on 10, 20, 50 students over a time period where we're taking on 50 students a day. Right. We
1: still take on mm-hmm. ten to twenty students a
2: day. Okay, That's so you were mm-hmm. right.
1: uh, You were talking about TikTok, so you're familiar with the feed and everything. The I haven't been on it for a few. The algorithm. Yeah, the algorithm. Everything. Sure. Like when I'm like casually flipping through my feed, I'll get these videos that don't have a, that Don't have any hashtags. That don't have any titles saying, uh, "If you see this video without hashtags or titles, this is a message especially for you." and it will like be a tar- card reading or it'll tell you what you know, your spirit guide should be. And what, what do you think about those videos? Do you think they're legitimate because they're following the algorithm?
2: Um, they're legitimate and they're following your algorithm. Everything you do is based on your algorithm. Remember your algorithm thing, is, so your al- they have algorithms that are reacting to your digital aura. Mm-hmm. So when you go out on the internet, you have this huge trail of keywords, and things that are attached to you literally attached to your name that they identify yep remember Facebook is right now in a process of making an AI clone of every single person that's on their system so they can market against the AI clone yep so this that's is very when much, you
0: that's why huh? when you search something on Google and then you open Facebook there's an ad for what you just searched on Google it's called cookies
2: yep. Cookies used to be something really bad, but today we just don't care about them anymore. <laughs> so they're following your cookies, your algorithms. The algorithms are reacting to your digital order, so you're getting back mostly what you want. Um, I get really good ads from Facebook now. I'm getting great ads. I'm getting ads that are actually very useful to me. They're sending me all information about how AI works. They're talking to me digital companies because I'm very controlling my digital order, making sure I erase key cookies that don't, I don't want to see stuff from allowing the cookies to stand from articles that I like. So they're targeting me more. So, but in any of this, so any, so the question is, do you believe in randomness? If you believe in randomness, then it has really no meaning, it's just a random thing. But as a magical person, we also bring in synchronicity. The internet really contributes in that idea of synchronicity, bringing you the right thing at the right time. Um, I think most of the stuff on TikTok is silly. I think a lot of it's just the same silly. In the same way that I thought in 2009 and 2010, a lot of the witchcraft stuff was just silly. Yeah. Um, and then in 2001, 2002, the email groups were just putting out silly stuff.
0: Yeah, that was yeah. Some of those were mm-hmm. really bad. Some of those email groups. I was a part of a couple of those. <laughs> yeah. And
1: That's so. That's before my time. I'm sorry. I can't comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um,
2: don't worry. Don't worry. I, I, I can. I can still remember my, MySpace. Oh, I love my. I miss MySpace. Personally, mine was mm-hmm. pimped
0: out, man. It had everything that I wanted on there. I actually learned HTML to make my
2: MySpace page cool. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, and it was so valuable that a major news corporation came in to scoop up all that information for $600 million. Yep. Nice. Remember, your digital order is expensive. It's valuable. You're worth money. You're worth energy. You're worth making a decision. Because ultimately, this is where technomancy comes in on the internet. Where does your digital aura begin? It begins where your free will interacts with the internet. So every time you give a permission, you're extending your aura, its ability to do things and also the information it gives. You probably have 10, 20, I probably have hundreds of websites you've signed up to with your name. I do everything with Ed the Pagan that now just has information about you sitting there that's dormant, just waiting for someone to, to touch it or for you to go back and you could go, so a lot of lifetime people who are witch school says, I have a witch school account, let me go check it. They go back in, find it, and they're really open to open this sort of key back to their education. So the internet gives you that kind of ability. So you have an AOL account, you have an old um, Hotmail account, you have you <laughs> you know you have an old MySpace. I mean, MySpace may have cleaned them up, but they still exist. Yep. So yep. I'm saying, so you have all of these things where the, that, digital archives are now becoming digitalized fossils yes Mm -hmm.
0: yes and And i have some very poor digitalized fossils on the internet left behind Uh, i'm not even gonna lie about that (laughs) i mean i'm never i'm not (laughs) running for office anytime soon
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh no i i got some stuff in my digital closet
2: (laughs) (laughs) and it's become such an issue there are companies now putting themselves together and charging large bucks to politicians and everything to go in there and actually hunt and erase it.
0: Yep. And there's also people who are losing their jobs for a tweet they sent 10 years ago. You know what I mean?
2: Like it's... it's and and, and it was only the speed in which we're seeing this. We've always been this way. Internet's not changing us. It's exposing us.
0: Right. Now, now mm-hmm. would you consider that a rule of three kind of concept of somebody who posts something ridiculously offensive 10 years ago and then it comes out and they end up losing their job or losing everything from that.
2: It's, it's the call of consequences of social interactions,
0: period. Yeah. It's just yeah. a
2: consequence of social interactions. <laughs> if you get to a position where people are going to look at your behavior and you're expecting your behavior to be part of your sellable brand, then everything that you've done in the past becomes suspect. Remember, we've come out of a gatekeeping society. Everybody talks about how bad that is. Just think, 20 years ago, the same guy who had made that same statement to his coworkers, possibly to the little newsletter they ran in their company, right, weren't punished for it. They were probably rewarded for it. Right. And that basically, the gatekeeping were basically mostly white men and you know a few others but mostly white men in charge of jobs who made a decision on who get to be do the newspaper articles who got to be in the magazines who got on to be television when all of that was a limited quality we we saw this very strong society come out of it that was controlled by a handful of people and it wasn't just what you knew or your talent you had to know somebody you had to get in there and work it the internet has taken all of that away it's consumed the middleman you know if you wanted to be a big witch you had to publish a book. So you had to get Top Llewellyn or Redweiser or, you know, Thor books or one of the publishers to publish your book. Right. Be a big witch. And if you self-published, that was so expensive and so difficult mm-hmm. that it was out of the means of most ordinary people. So therefore, people like Llewellyn and Redweiser really had an overly sized power to to set the culture of paganism. Today's paganism. When I was in the '90s and late '80s, we used to—they used to call them "one book wonders," Llewellyn pagans. There was this insult for being just learning that you didn't have a proper teacher, that you learned it all from books.
0: Right. And that went. Yeah, I I remember that term uh, from from my early days as well.
2: But now today, Llewellyn is considered a great company, and it's very important that you get published through Llewellyn.
1: Yeah, well, they're very reputable. They. And most of the books they have are well researched. Well, I say most because it's obviously not all of them are well researched, but a good majority yeah. are.
2: Because time, persistence, quantity of books, the number of authors they put in, the amount of income they put into the community, the paying of authors, all of that economic and social culture that they put into it formed the community, even though they were hated for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, <laughs> and that kind of goes back to. You know, the idea of how how pagans love industrialism, you know, because Mm -hmm. if you look at it now with social media and all the way the internet works and however it is, just about every witch out there has an Etsy shop or they have a YouTube channel or they have an Instagram or they have a TikTok or, you know, and so everybody is branding themselves Mm -hmm. in, in, in their own fashions. You know, myself included. You know, like even though, you know, I'm not, you know, huge in the spectrum of, you know, the internet paganism world and all of that, I still consider myself somewhat of an influencer having, you know, four hundred subscribers or whatnot. So I know that there are people there there. So in that space I must respect to be able to continue to put out good information.
2: You so know you control your distribution. Right. You now have the tools of distribution amazingly thing. So the key element of what made me a a technomancy or an influencer or whatever they want to call it today. And early on the sort of idea of pioneer or uh, a big name pig or any of this is that I grew up with one singular concept to have freedom of the speech To have freedom of speech. You must own your press. Yep. You have to own a printing press. And so when I got into Paganism, I've always produced our own magazines. I've produced our own radio shows. I've done our own television shows. i built our own school. And now CEM Broadcasting, my latest project, which is doing a Halloween psychic fair, is also becoming a broadcasting, something that you're going to hear a new term today. There's a new term entering the world, and it'll be a buzzword by this time next year. Yep. Social broadcasting. And that yep. means acting like a television station and broadcasting to multiple platforms.
0: Yep, and and, and see we've already dabbled with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When we did the psychic fair during the summer. And next
2: comes moving experiment.
0: Yeah, and, and and you know, that's really awesome that, you know, it was streamed on Twitch, on Facebook, on, on all of these at the same time because what that does is for the people who are putting out this information there are multiple platforms with thousands of people that can be reached. Mm -hmm. And I I find that completely amazing at where we are right now. And so, you know, kind of like bringing everything into closing, because we are coming up on time. We are, our craft in the digital age. I actually think that the technology that is being put, forward right now is more beneficial to our community as a whole but there's still going to be the people who are focused more on the naturalistic aspects of paganism and you know, I still prefer to do my circles in person personally but I've also been in a couple virtual circles where I have enjoyed myself but I didn't get the same experience so I guess what i 'm trying to say here is that what i 'm expecting moving forward myself is for everything to branch out and kind of boom like a grenade you know mm-hmm. this is grenade wide, <laughs> wide area of effect you know, so people who and when it comes to the social broadcasting, if we could bring that to a live platform where we are streaming on multiple platforms from a festival you know <laughs> live from a festival here is uh let's pull name out of the air here is mama gina playing and then over here you know over on zealous giving a workshop and you have cameras set up at both and you have multiple rooms going then basically you could do this whole thing live and on the internet and everybody can be involved and I think that is something that we're going to see more moving forward.
2: Three Gates Festival next year has already made the commitment to do that. But mm-hmm. along with me, we're doing that with Three Gates Festival. Nice. Um, and we've already done this to a certain degree. None of this is new. Yeah. So the paradigm here. So let me give, So for me, one of the things is so I tell people with a technomancy, you can cast spells online. You can actually just see your energy move. Last year, Halloween, I did the Oracle. And I said I wanted to see the Oracle move online. Little did I know that I would consume the entire idea of doing a psyche a, a, a festival online from the idea of doing oracles online to doing that very much happened. What I think that if we're going to add to our communities to understand that this is where our resources are, where our attention is, if we want land so that's next time, I'm so angry that if I didn't it would last lasted, I would have made a deal with some of these festival grounds And we could have just moved to festival grounds and quarantined on festival grounds if they were a little bit more advanced. So now we have a chance to understand how bad it can go to make these possessed lands through the internet, through subscription services, through a lot of different ways, more valuable so that we can go visit them. But in times of real emergency, we have our, our isolation places, our places where we can go to get resources. Yep. Because would some of I would have just as have been happy going to a campground with the internet and hanging out with my friends on the internet in a quarantine space than I would have in a home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to realize <coughs> that's valued. Right. So we can create anything. So the last thing about it is, is that in the cyberspace world, we can create anything your mind can imagine. You just have to execute the steps. Nice.
0: I like that. I like that very much. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and explaining this and, you know, shooting the shit with us because, you know, like I said, it's always a good time when you and I get to sit down and have a conversation.
1: I really do like it. Um, And And you are enthralling to listen to. This has been like, that's why I haven't talked so much because I'm listening. It's like, I want to interrupt this guy. I want to keep keep listening to him.
2: (laughs) I'm used to being in your position. That's why I interviewed. So, that's why I started doing radio because you know I'm not an author and I wanted to actually be able to tell the message, and I learned a long time ago. So my first show was in '92, and that was the idea that I just wanted to interview people, and that to this day that's how I learn. Yeah. I do like the name Lady Book and I, I I think that is a very nice name. I've never seen that version of it.
0: Well, so you 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 want to give them the you want to give them the backstory behind that, or all
1: right? Well, my. <laughs> my uh my craft name's my deity's name but my deity has her own holiday so obviously it's a very common craft name and it's just like we got cloud the pagan rapper and then we got you know common craft name so i'm just like okay well i'm obsessed with books and i found this one meme that was just like i don't think i'm a book worm i'm a book dragon because i collect books i sit on top of them and i blow fire at whoever wants to borrow them i'm like there's it is. That's me. I'm Lady Book Dragon.
2: There you
1: go. Yeah, and you I know do what? have to apologize for my dogs being so disruptive. They're never yeah. like this on recorded sessions, and of it's course okay. now they're being like, "Let's cause all the noise in the world!" And now I'm just smushing their cute little faces.
0: And you know, I was just trying to go just by cloud, but mm-hmm. the pagan rapper moniker moniker got got thrown on the end of it, um, and that was because now on the day that my album released right Mm -hmm. i went on ed's show right at coffee with ed the pagan and i was very excited to be talking about it and here i am i'm cloud and all of that and then like two days later i got an email from the distributor and they said there were too many artists named cloud and i had to do something about it so i'm like what am i gonna do right so i go on the international Pagan Music Association's website right and I'm going to check my page on there and they had me listed on there as Cloud the Pagan Rapper and not just Cloud and I was like "Wow, well, I'll just go with that then <laughs> you know?
1: well I guess this is my life now yeah so I changed
0: my <laughs> name and then I'm talking to uh, Melissa Anderson who, who is like the person who runs the International Pagan Music Association along with a, a board of other pagans and she also runs the Cauldron.net radio. Uh, so I, I'm talking with her about it, and I'm like, you know, it's actually kind of funny that this worked out. And she said, oh, no, you're Cloud the Pagan rapper, and that's how it's going to be. And I said, okay.
1: <laughs> it's just like, well, I, I, that's very similar to how Ed said he became Ed the Pagan. It's yeah. just like, oh, guess I'm yeah, Ed the Pagan now.
0: <laughs> i kind of going with it. And it's funny because I, I write more than just rap music. But all right, I'll, I'll roll with it. <laughs> but, yeah, so – We got to start closing things up here And I got to say We got a couple of things that we like to do And you are more than welcome To hang out with us And comment on The last couple of things That we have to do here But One of the things that we do Lady Book Dragon's favorite segment (laughs) Is uh, She is sitting on A treasure trove of knowledge A ton of books So we like to review a book Every episode So What do you got for this week On your treasure trove?
1: all right well this is one of my favorite books and i you enjoy it as well it is besom stag and sword a guide to traditional witchcraft the six foot the Sixfold path and hidden landscape by christopher and torah love I'm yes going,
0: christopher
1: Orpello. there i always butcher that poor Tara guy's love McGuire. Name. <laughs> it's just like you know that they know who they are it's fine yeah <laughs> I actually have an autographed copy and Cloud, you have an autographed copy. I do. I and do. we were we, we were both instructed by Tara to go harass Chris. <laughs> <laughs> to go harass him while he's eating to get yeah. these autographs.
0: That was actually quite hilarious. Um, I, I full on fanboyed him <laughs> just to give him that experience.
1: Just, oh my God, it's you. And he's just like, yeah, we, we've already met. Why are you doing this? <laughs> they also have their own... Uh, podcast that I really enjoy and I want to, now that my financial situation has fixed itself, rejoin being a patron on their Patreon called Down at the Crossroads.
0: It's an excellent podcast.
1: It is an amazing podcast. It's about an hour and a half, so you know it's a longer one, but they have really good information on this. And now this book, this book, it covers everything. It has exercises. It has spells. It goes into the title of the Besom, the Stag, and the, the Stag, the stag and the Sword. And it's, I don't even know where to begin praising it. Because I, I love it. I just love it. Because we got incense blends. We got, ne- I think, uh, if I remember correctly, there's a section on necromancy, too. Yes,
0: there is.
1: Yes, is. Oh, yeah, Let me just go over the content so you guys get a really good um, sample of what you're getting. So we're doing traditional witchcraft, Besom stag, and sword, magic and spells, divination, herbalism, the black tree, the hidden landscape, necromancy, there it is, hedge witch tree, the witch's sabbath, the lunar year, and The Crooked Path. And then of course their bibliography, which is about seven pages. Yes, it's very well researched. researched.
0: Yes, absolutely. And at the
1: end of every chapter, there's more suggested reading. So they really go into with what I say of, do not just set your heart on just one book, please expand your life, expand your knowledge and expand your library. A big library means a big brain. You have a big library. (laughs) So like, ah, I love
0: this book. One of my favorite things about, about the book. um, And even though I am Wiccan, I appreciate that it is a traditional book on witchcraft. It is not Wicca, but also in this book, you find zero Wicca bashing. Yeah. Which happens in a lot of books that you read about traditional witchcraft there will be some wicked bashings or to where they're trying to explain the differences between the two and it seems like they're just going around in circles trying to be sure that everybody knows it's not wicked with this book it's not the case with this book is very clear on exactly what it is and you know it's their own tradition it's their own path and i really enjoy uh reading it and you know some of the concepts that they talk about, like animism and stuff like that, is it's really intriguing, and it's an excellent book. I would suggest to everybody to go pick it up.
1: Yeah, they both, uh, both Chris and Tara are super nice. They are like very down to earth people. We've met them in person, obviously. We work with them at South Jersey Pagan Pride, and they are just a delight to be around.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I still technically owe Chris a bottle of wine, even though he told me. That I
1: don't have to.
0: I'm still giving it to him.
1: So uh, Obviously, you have to give it to him absolutely. just because he said no.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we, we got to talk about this, okay? And it's something that last episode, we did memes. The episode before that, we did memes. The episode before that, we did memes. And we've been telling everybody that's listening out there to submit your memes onto a thread that I'm going to post on our Facebook page. And then we'll pick one for the meme of the week. Until that happens, we're going to be picking our own memes for the meme of the week. So what do you got this week?
1: All right. So I got a few good ones. Um, we, we decided on three because three is, of course, the best number. Absolutely. So, from Tales of a Kitchen Witch, who I highly suggest you guys follow on Facebook, I love her. Put I put a shared. Um, I put a little lavender in my weed, and my fiance said, "You witches really will do anything to get lavender in your system," and he's not wrong. Lavender, <laughs> everything. Yeah, I,
0: I don't know. I, 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 don't see the point in putting lavender in your marijuana. I,
1: I, don't, I don't see get the it. point either, but I I'm sure there's funny. a
0: reason. It's all over Instagram of people doing it. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. That's just not my not my bag. I, I would prefer my mm-hmm. marijuana to remain marijuana, personally.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> uh, next one is, get in the Halloween spirit and make a ghost. Someone replies, that's called murder, and I heard somewhere that it's illegal. <laughs> Stop. Just somewhere they heard right. murder is
0: illegal. All right, that's probably my favorite so far.
1: I uh, know. Um, I think this one's the most relevant to this episode. Okay. First, old meetings are basically modern seance- seances. Elizabeth, are you here? Make a sound if you can hear us. Is anyone else here with you? We can't <laughs> see you. Can you hear us? <laughs> uh, you this one's what? my
0: favorite. <laughs> you know what? All right. Given the spirit of the episode, I'm I'm going to go with that one for the meme of the week.
1: I- I so let's make sure we get, get that posted up week.
0: on the Facebook page so everybody mm-hmm. can see it. Um, that is super awesome. All right, guys. So, next episode, two weeks from now, we are going to be sitting down with Megan Black from the Round the Cauldron podcast. She also has a YouTube channel. She also has an Etsy shop. So, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to speaking with her about working on multiple projects, having a stop, Mm -hmm. having a podcast, and all of the ins and outs of all of that cuz I lead a similar life myself. So, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with her about it. And <clears throat> so that's going to be 2 weeks from now. And I do want to make one more announcement, selfless plug, all right. <laughs> I am going to be performing live at the Hecate Sickle Festival. All right. I am on the bill. I'm going to be kicking off the after party after the first ritual. Ooh. So, I will be going on about 9pm Pacific Standard Time Which is midnight for me here So I'm probably going to take a nap Get up, eat a couple bowls of cereal or something And then do my set But (laughs) um, So you know By all means go and check out The Hecate Sickle Festival website All right, And definitely get into that If you want to catch a live set of mine You know So Do the thing guys do the thing. What are you going to do in the next two weeks, Lady Book Dragon?
1: I'm going to finish my book. Finish? Finish it. I've been. You're ed- there. So this book has been in writing for almost two years, and I've been editing it for almost a year. Yep. So this book is like two years overdue at this point, and I am done. I want to have it finished because. Uh, no, I don't know if anyone else is aware of this, but October is NaNoWriMo Prep Month. Anyone who's not familiar with it, NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month. That is November. And all of November, you have you have all of November to write 50,000 words, which is the average length of a book. I have never won because I've never participated in NaNoWriMo Prep Month. So guess what? I'm finishing my book. I'm going to put it aside for when my, my beta reader has time to read it and I am participating in prep, so I can actually win NaNoWriMo this year.
0: Yes,
1: there you go. All
0: right. So- I, for... I am
1: finally closing this chapter, so to say.
0: Absolutely. So for me, my, my do the thing, what I'm going to do is I am going to get back to making a couple of YouTube videos. Ooh. Um trying to get one a week out. I, I've been going where I've been posting like one a month for the last like three or four months, but I'm going to get back to doing cooking videos on my YouTube channel. So I have a couple salad recipes that I'm looking to make, and I also have a couple topics that I want to talk about that i don't really want to bring up on the podcast because it might be a little controversial but <laughs> um
1: oh, better, better so, watch your print there
0: yeah so i'd rather say what i have to say on my youtube channel mm-hmm. so i'm not getting anybody else roped into the fire if you will <laughs>
1: yeah, don't don't give me another reason to say i told you so you, you've heard enough of that lately yeah
0: yeah i have <laughs> so what, is, what happens when you fly by the seat of your pants and try to do a whole bunch at once you know mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well we'll thank you guys for coming out today and listening whenever this is that you're listening to it thank you so much all thank right you. i want to thank ed hubbard for coming on and talking with us today it was an excellent conversation we learned an absolute ton and i hope you did as well out there all right
1: i know i'm definitely going to be listening back to this episode just because i know there's stuff i did not catch and getting a second listening through. It's going to go, oh, you know what? Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: so This was just like, this was, this was thick of knowledge. Yep, absolutely. So,
0: until next time, guys, I'm Cloud the Pagan Rapper.
1: And I'm Late Book Dragon.
0: Bright blessings and blessed be, guys.
1: Blessed be.